my message today is titled, You Still Have an Opportunity. You still have an opportunity. If you will, would you turn with me to Exodus? Exodus 32. You know, if someone's ever preaching and teaching and they give you a chapter and they never give you a verse, you should assume the first verse. If you didn't know, now you know. (laughs) Chapter 32. We're going to read this passage and then we're going to kind of jump right into it. And I pray that you get something out of this, okay? When you have it, say amen. Amen. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come make us gods that shall go before us, for as... For this Moses guy, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. That man is gone. Verse 2 says, And Aaron said to them, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people broke off their golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hands and he fashioned it And he fashioned it, and he fashioned it (laughs) with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, understand, they said, they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt. Let us pray. Father, your God, your supreme, your superior. We don't have the ability to think on your level. So God, please open up our minds. Open up our hearts so we can receive your word. Open up our minds so we can think and comprehend. So we don't get emotionally compromised in this message. But God, we understand the content that's going to come forth. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Make it, God, as simple as it can be so even a five-year-old will be able to understand We glorify you, God, and not ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. What's my title again? (laughs) I told you. (laughs) I forget. You still have an opportunity. You know, the crazy thing about life is, if you are the person that likes to be in comfort, you will really miss your growth pattern. If you like to be comfortable all the time, don't want anything to change and get uncomfortable around you, you're going to miss your growth opportunity. Truly gifted and talented people that I've come across, that I've studied in the history of America, and the history of the society of people and humanity, the people that are truly gifted and talented are always uncomfortable. Because there's always something they need to fix. There's always another level we can execute on, a better place we can be, a better way of thinking, a better way of processing, a better way to love, a better way to forgive, a better way to just touch someone. You know, statements like, um, move this mountain, tear down these walls. It is not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I have a dream. You know, those great statements, they come out of times of chaos. When people are uncomfortable, it doesn't come out of time when people are just sitting back chilling, Kool-Aid coming out the water fountain. 
It comes out of time of chaos. And God has afforded us an opportunity to look at this passage and see something very chaotic. Very chaotic. Moses has just led the people of Israel out of Egypt. He's about to have his first revival. He goes up to the mountain to get at full power. And while he's gone, his assistant pastor leads the people into building a golden calf. And they're jumping and dancing around naked. This is crazy. Now first let me, un- let me explain something. <laughs> I've been preaching for a very long time. Uh, uh, for, for a good while. Preaching, public speaking. I've been doing a lot. And there's this thing. Pastor, let me know if you, please tell me if you, if you understand what I'm talking about. Jeremy, you, you, you've been there. If you've been a speaker and you've spoken in front of people, tell me if you understand this. There's sometimes when you are about to speak in front of a crowd and you're in your message and you see that it's not hitting home, don't you get like this little inclination in your heart and your mind's like a little memo that says, uh, stop now. Like, back up. You know, you try, sometimes if you're not relating to your crowd, you can mess everything up. If you don't understand, I remember when Apostle Harvey was here, right? <laughs> Did you, you remember that story he was telling? <laughs> That's one of those memos. <laughs> memos like, stop now. And so, and we have a crazy times, but this right here is just absolutely bonkers. It's crazy. They're jumping around, dancing around, naked, around a golden calf in the desert. Moses is up on the mountain. He's coming down. He's has the glory of God on his face and he's feeling all good I'm feeling all good and feeling good and he's about ready to speak in tongues I should have bought a Honda (laughs) and he's ready to go (laughs) and he's ready to get it in and when he gets down there they all drop it like it's hot and he's like whoa 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 what's this and he asks Aaron he says hey my dude what's, what's going on man verse 24 says Aaron looks at Moses and says, uh, what had happened was uh, they gave me some earrings and we threw it in the fire and then a calf came out. That's what it says, right? We, this man cannot lie. <laughs> you know when you're under pressure you just don't lie right at all you just see I mean people just tell lies when they're under pressure don't they he said a calf came out I read a lot of verses <laughs> but I ain't never read a verse like that <laughs> y'all understand what I'm saying and you, you thought there was never a verse like this in the Bible. <laughs> and what really happened was there's these group of people, the Israelites, who've leaned on God so much trying to get out of slavery that they are screaming out to a God that they scarcely remember. Scarcely remember. 400 years. 10 generations. And they're saying, God, get me out of this. Please. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? You said, God, get me out of this. 
got heavy real fast, didn't it? Whew, kind of lighten it up. You remember those classic prayers? Like, probably remember this one. Um, Lord, I'm sorry. <laughs> and if you get me out of this, this time, I promise, I promise, I won't ever, 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 ever do this again. You know you prayed that with your holy self. You holy, you prayed that though. And the issue is not the fact that they was naked running around. The issue wasn't that they was naked because if you look at it in context, then, back then, if they were stripped down and go to the river and bathe, that was not an all occurrence. That's something that was not strange. That's what they did. But the issue was that they would go from a greater, greater relationship with someone, God, who's greater to something lesser. A couple Sundays ago, Jeremy was talking about how much he loved his wife. He loved her before she was even his girlfriend. You remember? <laughs> and that made me just think about how God loves us. He's like, man, I love you so much, you don't even know it. And you continue to go for things that are lesser when I'm greater. And my jealousy just gets big. It's not that I think that that's better than I am or I don't think you're going to stay with me because you, you eventually see me because I'm God. But why would you choose something lesser? Are you with me? The crazy thing, the crazy thing about this is, man, I'm doing good. All right, so the crazy thing about this is it can't be the nudity. It can't, it can't be the nudity because if, that, if the nudity is the true issue here, then that means we, we're going to become pious and sanctimonious and we're going to talk about how holy we dress. You, you, you've been to churches where everyone dressed like they're holy. They look holy. But what good is it to look holy when you're hellish on the inside? Amen? So it can't be the clothes. The real issue is, God is saying the real issue I'm having right now is how you want me and you love me when you want something. But then you don't bother me anymore. You don't love me. You don't commune with me. You don't follow me. You don't talk to me after you get what you came for. Generally, at this point, we, can, we start bashing people like, yeah, the Israelites and them jokers crazy. They don't know how to love God. They don't know how to treat people. God, I got you. You don't worry about that. I got you. But we can't bash them, so I'm going to give you a little bit of context to help you understand and appreciate the content. Are you cool with that? 400 years of slavery. 10 generations. 10 generations. All they know. All they know are the Egyptians. We're not talking about their parents. We're talking about their parents parents, parents. So these are the grand, 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 grandchildren. Are you with me? And they're calling out to this God that they don't know. And they've been around the Egyptians so much, so much, until they actually blend so well that they actually forget and forsake their uniqueness to be accepted by a lesser society. Are you getting anything so far? Yeah. 
So in their desire to fit in, they compromise their uniqueness, their relationship with the God that's greater. Be careful how much of yourself you compromise just to fit in. The real question is, is your God your God? Or have you adopted the God of the people you hang around? Have you taken on a cause that is not your own? And you spend your days, your years, your months, your time, your energy fighting for something that doesn't have true value. We can bash him. We're not going to bash him, though. 1.5 million people. That's a lot of people. 1.5 million people that are struggling because they don't know who they are. A society that don't know who they are. They don't know. They've blended so much they don't know. You know a society that has an identity problem or that's in an identity crisis? A society that... They don't know who they are. Do things like use brand names to de- to, to kind of uh, determine their value. Lord, they'll catch that next week. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? When you don't know who you are, you need somebody else's name to make you feel like you have value. So you have to put on designer clothes. You have to drive the nicest car. You create lies so you can appear like something you're not. I used to tell my church, and this is because naturally, without Christ, I would be arrogant, extremely arrogant. I already know that. So, like most people that are in leadership, or most people, period, struggle with pride. That's one of my struggles. I don't mind saying that it's cool with me. I don't mind being vulnerable. Um, So what I do on a regular basis is I keep my mouth closed. So pastor learned a lot about me when we was in Mexico, right? He would have never known if, I, if we went to Mexico. Because I keep my mouth closed. I won't say everything that I can do. You know, my, my mom used to tell me that she said, just because you know it, you don't have to say you know it. Shut your mouth, baby. Learn to keep it closed. <laughs> just because you know it, you don't have to correct everybody. You don't have to correct everything. Sometimes just, shh. Shh. Yes, baby, shh. So they're chasing after this God because they don't have a real relationship. Well, we're going to get to the opportunity. So they've built this relationship with the Egyptians and taken on their customs to the degree that when it's time to build an image of their God, of their God, they build an Egyptian God in the midst of a Hebrew people. I remember when my, um, one of my family members was talking about one of our, our loved ones that passed away. So if anyone lost any loved ones recently or period, uh, I do apologize. I'm sorry. And my heart hurts for you because I know what it feels like to lose a loved one. And my family member pulled me to the side, Brian, and, and started crying. And I said, why are you crying? They said, I can't remember what they look like. Whew. Ooh, that's heavy. I'm afraid 
that I'm going to forget what they look like. Oh my gosh. Whew. That hurts. Because when you're away from God that much, you can forget what he looks like. Whew. You won't praise him because you forget what it feels like. You won't talk to him because you forget what he sounds like. Are y'all getting anything out of this? So the 12 tribes of Israel are there and everything's crazy and Moses is standing at the doorway and they're they're like, oh my God, Uh, that's Moses. Uh, Let's get dressed. (laughs) That's Moses. (laughs) That's the big dog, you know. Don't act crazy around Moses. He talked to God. You see what I'm saying? Like, don't act crazy around him. So they trying to get dressed and trying to cover up, and God is trying to get get right. And you know, generally, when things are chaotic in your life, that's when God say, "I need you to get stuff together." You know, you're like, "Lord, there's too much stuff going on right now. I can't get it together. There's too much going on right now." And so they looking like, "Don't come against me now." I just lost my job. Hey, where are my pants at? Don't come against me now. I'm depressed. Don't come against me now. I'm too tired. I feel overwhelmed. Can you see my socks? Don't come against me now. I'm unsure of myself. That's when we get the statement when it rains, it pours. It's crazy. But what I want you to really see is all this time I spent talking on this. I want you to see the chaos that's on the outside. It's just an introduction to the chaos that's on the inside. Who's on the Lord's side? Moses yells out. Gad says, it's not me. <laughs> Benjamin says, no, mum's the word. I can't, I can't mess with that, Moses. Issachar's like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know too much, but I can't. Say, I, I actually like dancing around naked. I, I like that. I, but Levi, Levi says, I'm on the Lord's side. Let me help you to understand why. I'm really doing this note thing, y'all. Levi says, I'm on the Lord's side. Let me give you some history. Levi has been cursed. Levi is cursed. Because of a dumb decision he made in his past. Because of this dumb decision he made in his past, he's cursed. And it rolls over to his children. And his children's children. And his children's children's children. Levi says, I'm on the the Lord's side. That's why I believe, you know, we shouldn't make big decisions too soon in life. When I have an opportunity to talk to the youth, Brian, please tell him, man, do not be in a rush to make big decisions in life. Because there's nothing like living a life where you have to reap a very long time for bad decisions. And just because you're chronologically old doesn't mean you're mentally old enough to make big decisions. Oh, that's a misconception. Oh, you're supposed to be 25. You need to be out your mama's house. Maybe not you. No, I, I mean, maybe them. Yes, not you. You stay right there, but it's okay, baby. It's okay. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Whew. So Levi says, I'm on the Lord's side, Pastor. I'm on the Lord's side. And the Lord is saying, I'm giving you 
And all of this chaos, all of this stuff that's been going on in your life, all the crazy decisions you made in your life, everything you did that was crazy, because you was a jokester. You did something crazy and it caused you to get cursed. So because you've been living for this for years, your children have been living with this for years, I'm giving you an opportunity to correct your mistakes of yesterday by making a good decision today. We have the opportunity to turn it around. Okay, so I was driving the other day. Driving the other day. And it's crazy. Well, I'm going down. I have GPS in my car, right? GPS in my car. Now, you got to understand, I have a lot going on. So, while I'm driving, uh, I'm on the phone, have my GPS going. I'm actually recording material that I'm writing. So, I got a lot going on. So, I miss my turn, like I so often do. I'm not afraid to admit it. (laughs) I missed my turn, Jeremy. And I'm not sure if the GPS was broken or not, but it said, when possible, turn around. When possible, you're a GPS device. You know when it's possible. You always reroute me every other time. When possible, I'm sorry, that's me venting. I'm going to stop. We're in church. When possible, though, you, you know how to work. And because it wasn't working, what I had to do was, while I'm driving, I had to find an opportunity to turn around. So in my car, I had to see my turn was ahead and it was at an intersection. I had to position myself in a proper place. When I got to the intersection, there was traffic coming. So I had to wait for the opportune time. To turn around and correct the mistakes of my past. Amen. And when I turned around, I realized I was going in the right direction. How many of us in here need to make a U-turn? Amen. And you know, the crazy thing is, I don't know why God had me preaching this. I don't know who this is for. But God told me to tell you this. He's not going to gradually get you together. He's not going to gradually get you to veer to the left or gradually get you to veer to the right. He's going to set you up in the right place. So when it's your time to turn around, it's going to be laid out for you. You're not going to have to go crazy and try to move things out of the way. All you're going to have to do is just be patient. He's setting you up so you can have a turnaround situation. Oh, that's for somebody. That's for somebody. That's for somebody. God is saying, I'm, I, don't, I don't want you to lose focus. I want you to understand I'm, I'm giving you opportunities to turn whatever your financial situation is around. Whatever your mental status is. Whatever you're at mentally, you can turn it around. Whatever your relationship is like with your spouse, you can turn it around. Whatever your relationship is like with your children, you can turn it around. God is saying whatever your relationship is with me, you have an opportunity to turn it around. I don't want you to do a 360 because you're going to end up right in the same spot you're in now. I want you to make a 180. 
I just need you to make a U-turn. This is no roundabout because you're going to circle back around here. I want you to make a U-turn. I like my GPS system when it works. (laughs) I thank God for the time that it didn't. Because through it, God spoke to me and showed me how I needed to position myself for a turnaround. I'm not going to take up too much more of your time. I don't believe in speaking when I'm done speaking. But if you're in a situation right now, I don't need to know your business. No one else in here does either. If you're in a situation where you know you need to turn around, this is an opportunity. I don't get up for form or fashion. I don't care that anyone knows my name. I would prefer to be nameless. But there's some people in here that need this opportunity. And my prayer is that you would take advantage of this opportunity. This does not mean that, oh, you're a heathen. You're hell-bound. To be quite honest, the people of Israel were already God's chosen. These were people that were already in. That still needed to turn around something in their lives. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? If we're ever to the point to where we think we have this thing down pat and got it together, it's probably time for us to die. But when you have to challenge your views, challenge your perspective so you can gain more clarity, God can continue to use you and you can continue to lead people. But if you ever stop challenging yourself and learning, looking to God for more perspective, you're going to become stagnant and you're going to need more U-turns.